Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello, this is Anson Anderson back again with another edition of Rockstar Classics. I hope you've all had a very good week. Uh, so for those that are unfamiliar with the show, I like to play new music from bands maybe people are not too familiar with or just new releases from bands people have heard of. And I also like to play a lot of classic rock and I like to mix that in with a few stories about the tracks. So if you do like to listen to somebody that talks between the music rather than over the music, then you tuned into the right show. So I'm going to start things off with Black Sabbath, who are feeling a little bit paranoid.
was uh, Black Sabbath with Paranoid, taken from the album of the same name, which came out in 1970. This was a follow-up to the band's self-titled album, which I think came out earlier that year. Uh, the track itself is what's, what's it, self-explanatory, really. It is about a man that is paranoid. It's really just about the after-effects of smoking a joint. Uh, when you're stoned, which, uh, you feel paranoid, then afterwards you feel depressed. That's just basically a juxtaposition of the two. Uh, the track itself was never meant to be a single. It Well, it's been revealed by a couple members of the band to various musical outlets that the song itself, though, was just an afterthought. They needed a three-minute filler, so uh, Tony Iommi came up with the riff, uh, Geezer Butler quickly wrote the lyrics and uh, they recorded the album live so Ozzy Osbourne himself uh, was actually reading out the lyrics as he was singing it so it's quite an interesting story that uh, this wasn't their first single their debut single was actually a cover of, the, of Crow's Evil Woman Don't Play Your Games With Me but that wasn't as successful as Paranoid Paranoid itself was released six months after their first album and had a huge impact back home in the UK going to number four and becoming one of their signature songs so now i'm going well i'm moving on from black sabbath to black knight uh this is deep purple
that was Deep Purple with Black Knight taken from the 1970 album Deep Purple in Rock. Uh, it's got a similar story to uh, the Black Sabbath one, except uh, they weren't uh, getting stoned. But they were did need a uh, single to make up the album, so they went down to the pub, got drunk, um, came back to the studio, Richie Blackmore picked up the guitar and started to play uh, the track. The lyrics themselves, well, the riff was inspired, in inverted commas, by Ricky Nelson's 1962 version of Summertime. Uh, it's a song new to me. Um, but the song itself, was well, the title came from a song recorded by Arthur Alexander. Uh, Arthur Alexander was a black songwriter from the American Deep South who is more influential than famous. Um, he recorded his song in 1964, which was taken, or was written by another uh, black songwriter, also from Deep South, uh, Jessie Mae Robinson, who was the first black woman to become a member of the American Society of Composers, Authors and Publishers. Uh, black Knight was recorded by Charles Brown in December of 1950 as a downtown piano-based jazzy number. Uh, so it's a big difference between that and the uh, metal version that Deep Purple recorded. So I'm going to move on now with ZZ Top who are learning to count. They've got six.
Ah, that was ZZ Top with I Got The Six. Uh, a lot of long-term viewers will know that I do have uh, poor eyesight when it comes to reading out these song titles. Uh, that's from the 1983 album Eliminator. It's, uh, it's a track about a man who gets bored very easily and uh, wants to go out and uh, uh, basically wants to go and have sex, basically. Um, yeah, so um, I'm going to move on very swiftly now with a, a new band what I recently discovered from Canada called On. Um, they have received quite a lot of attention from the press and on airplays around the world. Um, they released an album of the same name, which came came out to critical acclaim. And uh, this track I'm about to play you is the latest single. This is Gator.
taken from the album of the same name which was released via the Toronto Input Indestructible Records uh, there's a new video of that that was co-produced by Martin BC and Steve Fall which came out uh, I think it came out this week it looks at the topic of gated communities and in the video uh, lead singer Lucy DeSanto plays a shady real estate agent doing her very best to try and buy the idea of uh, living in a gated community where you're meant to feel safe but behind the uh, the lavish homes and walls lay alligators that roam freely sunning themselves upon gated, gated golf greens so the question is who is free? Uh, the band have been recording their next album at BC Studio in Brooklyn with Martin Bissey, I think that's how you pronounce it, famed for working with people like Sonic Youth, uh, Herbie Hancock, uh, Iggy Pop to name but a few. Um, the band were formed out of the 90s Sire Records band Acid Test. Uh, they feature Lucy on vocals and bass with Dan Cornelius on drums and Steve Fall on guitars. They've also featured in bands such as Danko Jones and Delius. Uh, they are, yeah, so uh, I'm going to. The album itself, though, is available now from fine music platforms, including Spotify, Apple Music, and Bandcamp. So I'm going to move on with one of the bands that, uh, in the press release, it, it, it refers to as if you're fans of, and uh, that is Nirvana, with a song that I've always counted as one of my favourites by the band and that is Come As You Are Yes, I know. 
Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. That was Nirvana with Come As You Are. Shall I say the grammatically incorrect Come As You Are. Uh, from their 1991 Nevermind album, uh, I, I guess it it did mind to him. So I mean, he did seem to write a song that really made no sense. It was just um, gibberish that he sort of pieced together, but he did it in such a a way that uh, sounded so poetic. I guess um, he uh, he said him. Um, himself he described the song as about people what they expected to act like um, which is probably uh, fitting to today's society uh, the chords in the song are slowed down replica of Killing Joke's 1985 song 80s and uh, the songs were so similar that Nirvana considered um, holding off the release um, Killing Joke got caught of this and threatened legal action until uh, Kurt Cobain died so they very considerably decided not to sue. Um, Dave Grohl uh, paid the band back by playing drums on their self 2003 self-titled album. So I suppose that's a way of saying, uh, sorry for my mate stealing your song. Um, in the song, Cobain sings about he doesn't have a gun. And I think that it's, uh, it's speculated that that could be a reference to a time when his mum uh, threw stepdad's guns into a river. Uh, Cobain claims that he recovered them and sold them and used the money to buy his first guitar at the age of 15. Uh, the lyrics come doused in mud, soaked in bleach, were taken from a campaign in Seattle that encouraged heroin users to soak their needles in bleach after injecting to reduce the risk of spreading HIV. Uh, so, I would love to whittle on a bit more about some more facts about that track but I'm going to move on very swiftly now with The Breeders and Cannonball
song. That was the Cannon. Oh, sorry, that was the Breeders with Cannonball from their 1993 album Last Splash. I'm not quite sure what it is about bands of the 90s and writing daft lyrics, but it seems to be a, a recurring theme. Um, the band themselves were formed by the bassist of the Pixies, Kim Deal, after she fell out with the lead singer. Uh, she wrote and sung on this track, which became their biggest hit, making the US Top 100, something that the Pixies never did. Uh, she formed the band with the Tanya Donnelly of Throwing Muses and they released their first album in 1990. Uh, Kim sw- switched p- playing bass to guitar on The Breeders. Uh, the Safari EP swiftly followed in 92 with Kim's sister Kelly joining the band. Um, and when her sister got caught in a drug bust in 1995, the, uh, Kim herself changed the band's name to The Amps, which released the album Pacer in 1995. Uh, the Breeders would return in 2002 with the album titled TK. Uh, the song was originally titled Grunge, which is a combination of grunge and reggae, because the name came from Kim Deal thinking that the accented riff resembled the accent in reggae. So I'm going to keep on going now with another track, which uh, by another female front. Well, this is a female fronted band uh, with uh, the vocals that probably sound a little bit similar. I'm not quite sure. Maybe the lyrics make a bit more sense. This is the Yeah Yeah Yeahs with Golden Lion.
Uh, that was Yeah, Yeah, Yeahs with Golden Lion, uh, taken from their 2006 album, Show Your Bones. It was the band's biggest hit after 2004's Maps. Uh, the song is a bit of a breakaway from their usual stuff. It features an acoustic guitar and a more slowed down pace. In contrast to the more their earlier work, the title of the song refers to the two Golden Lion Awards won by the Adidas commercial Hello Tomorrow at the 2005 Cannes Lions International Advertising Festival. Seems quite a mouthful even for this DJ. Uh, I think that might have been the track that the song was played on. I do remember uh, it being featured on some car advert or something. Uh, Anyway, uh, Karen O, the lead singer, had contributed vocals to the ad song composed by Sam Squeaky Clean Spiegel, who was the brother of Karen's then-boyfriend, Spike Jones, who had directed the ad. And I think, strangely enough, Spike Jones helped produce the cannon, uh, sorry, the Breeders' Cannonball track as well. So there's a, a, a link there between the two songs. Um, so I'm going to move on now with... Uh, PJ Harvey, who must be in a lucky mood because uh, she's inherited some good fortune. Through my bad fortune, off the top of a tall building, I'd rather done it with you. Your boy's smile, five in the morning, looking to
Uh, that was the English singer-songwriter PJ Harvey with Good Fortune, taken from the 2000 album Stories from the City, Stories from the Sea, uh, back in 2001. In an interview with Q Magazine, PJ Harvey uh, explained that this song is about falling in love with a special person. She said she wanted to write uh, an album that sounded beautiful and wanted to sing and fly and be full of I guess it just wanted it to be her lovely piece of work. But then uh, seven years later, in an interview with uh, Mojo, she contradicted herself by saying that she didn't like the record at all. At a time, she wanted to write pop songs, but then she realised later on that she was not a pop singer and her heart and soul was not in it. Um, but I quite like that song, personally. I think it's good lyrics. It's got a, a nice riff to it. It's nothing. It's simple, nothing overcomplicated. I think it's quite suitable for rockstar classics, even though uh, it's apparently a pop song. So I'm going to move on very swiftly now with a, a fellow DJ, uh, Iggy Pop. Obviously, I don't know the man myself. Um, and this is one of his more famous songs, uh, Lust for Life. <laughs> Drugs. I will liquor and drugs. 
Iggy Pop with Lust for Life, taken from the album of the same, sorry, yeah, the album of the same name, which came out in 1977. The track itself was co-produced by David Berry, and was inspired by the opening to the American Forces Network News, which the pair listened to in Berlin. Uh, David, Rebecca, sorry, David Berry co-wrote the track with Iggy Pop, and he composed music on a ukulele. Uh, the song is about Iggy Pop's lifestyle as a hard-living heroin addict and how he played up to that image. Uh, the title is taken from the 1956 film The Same Name, which is itself an adaptation of Irving Stone's 1934 biographical novel about the Dutch painter Vincent van Gogh. And in the song, it makes several references to Johnny Yen, a character in American writer William S. Burroughs' 1962 novel The Ticket That Exploded which also refeel, uh, features references uh, with to strip tasers, drugs and hypnotising chickens. Um, so I'm going to move on now with the track. It's uh, okay, from a, a punk band and this is from the 1970s too. Uh, it's a song with a similar kind of rhythm. Uh, this is The Stranglers with No More Heroes. <laughs>
that was The Stranglers with No More Heroes, taken from the album of the same name from 1977. Uh, the song was written by bassist John Jock Burnell and guitarist Hugh Cornwell. The song is an ironic song. It mourns lots of strong figures in culture and mentions people that Hugh Cornwell had great admiration for, but from a wide audience were seen as anti-heroes. The communist leader Leon Trotsky, comedian Len Bru- Lenny Bruce, arts forger Elmira Dahori, and Don Quixote sidekick Sancho Panza. At the time of the release, the band refused to sign autographs because they believed that you are your own hero, so uh, you don't really need their autograph. Uh, so I'm going to move on very swiftly with bands that, well, with a band that were probably heroes to some people back in the 80s and the 70s. Uh, this is the all-female group Girl School. Probably not girls so much anymore. And this is a track taken from their latest album, WTF 45. This is It Is What It Is. Yeah. 
Uh, that was Girl School with It Is What It Is from their latest album, WTF 45, which uh, celebrates the band's 45 years together. Uh, it's, uh, I think it came out a couple of months back, and it is their 13th studio release. So I have come to the end of my show. I have uh, So thank you very much for those that tune in and listen via all available apps. I do always appreciate it. So, I have been Anson Anderson, and this has been Rockstar Classics. And until next week, keep on rocking.